Welcome to JB Sports Podcast. Today is February the 1st. We are getting back into this, guys. Sorry about last week. We were tired and we were busy. It was just a bad week. I didn't do one. Joe did one. It wasn't good. We all know it wasn't. But I'm back. I'm ready to go. We're going to start getting more committed to it because I'm getting a new job after this thing. going to go out. And we're back. The Bengals won. But that's not the first thing we're going to talk about here. Ooh, no, we're talking. Uh, Tom Brady retired. Big news of the day. Like, this is like today's news. Actually, technically, it's a couple days' news. Yeah. But really, it's today's news because Tom Brady finally came out of his own mouth and said that he's retiring. He's retiring after 22 seasons 22 in the NFL. 22 seasons, seven rings. Of ruining everybody's lives. He never ruined my life. I never had a life to ruin. He, he ruined, no. He ruined, well, my life as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, he ruined my life. I can't relate. There's plenty of years where Pittsburgh looked like they were good, especially in the like the three B the three B's years, the Ben, uh, Brown and Bell, Bell, like he like they took us out. Like, Ooh, first I do round. remember that. They there's did a that couple twice. times. Yes. So like there's oh, a few years they're ruining my those life. Those were the times when AB was like on on his di- on different type of uh, and Bell game. too. Bell yeah, too. Yeah, I do remember that. So like he definitely ruined my life for a lot of his career, um, but. I will have, but we have to show our respect yeah, to the guy. He's the goat. To, yes, he's the in goat. All terms of, I don't know the sport, but in his position, he is the best quarterback. That is a good. Just real quick, mm-hmm. I, because there's a lot of like people saying that he is the best of all time, right? But the thing, the best athlete of all time, which I would te- technically disagree with. So here's my thing on the best athlete of all time. To be the best athlete, one, you have to play multiple sports for me. You have to play multiple sports because then you are you, – and then if you are categorized as a Hall of Famer in both sports, then you make the claim for the best athlete. Okay. Or if you are just a physical anomaly, like guys like Wilt, Cham- like Wilt Chamberlain, mm-hmm. dudes who are just physical anomalies. Right. Throw him in any sport, he will dominate. That Those guys are the guys who I say okay. the best athlete. Uh, maybe, Tom maybe. Brady is not an athlete. Okay, Let's get he that is. Straight. No, he is. No, no, no. But here's the thing. Tom Brady is a suburban white guy who can read a defense really well. No, this is what I, this is. No, that's not necessarily true. I think that was a little too far. <laughs> I think he didn't pull that back a little bit. No, I didn't mean that one. But I do have to say, right? Because obviously he, everybody brings up him, Michael Jordan. Oh no. Was Tom Brady so much better than everybody else at his position? Because when Michael Jordan played. Every other basketball player on the face of the earth was pretty much nobodies. There was a whole generation of basketball players that don't have rings. Hall and of that Famers did, did don't have rings. Hall of Famers that and do not have the notoriety they they would have had if Michael Jordan did not play. Yeah, but same that's the same thing with I Brady. I don't I don't think Brady did that. There's more talented more, players more than Tom Brady. How many more rings would Ben have without a Brady there? No, he would have more rings, but he has rings. Yes, he has rings. Peyton has rings. Malone has a ring. But that's, but here's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, we, oh I get what you're saying. We've had this conversation quick, before. Right, all right, so Jordan had to stop for Malone to get a ring. Jordan had to stop for him to get right. a ring. Brady was not only was he the best player, he also was the winningest. But I think I think the problem with that is basketball is a, is a lot harder to uh, compare to it. Baseball is a better one. I think ba- basketball is easier. No, I think basketball is harder because basketball is a lot of if this dude scores 50 a night, you're probably going to win. You just need your other guys around you to score a little bit. With football. There's 11 people on the field. I think that's why. That's why I think it's harder in football. I, so uh, absolutely, but I think comparing like football because Jordan is completely different breed. For uh-huh. a, a, so for another person to win, he had to stop for for but, a year. But that's, and a half. but that's why that's why I'm kind of bullying out of the scenario because obviously you need a team like you need your team to win, right? So Brady obviously had some of the best teams throughout his career to get him to the point where he was winning all those Super Bowls, right? But what I'm saying is is that. 
was Tom Brady so much better at his position than everybody else compared to Jordan? And that's where I say, no, that's not even close. I don't think so. I think Tom Brady made the other people around him better, though. Right, like, but guys like Edelman, I don't think everybody could have made him better. But, if, but do I think if you threw a Rodgers in there that he could have done that same thing? I think so. But here, And that's what I'm saying. is like Tom Brady, was never he never had the strongest arm. He never was necessarily the, the smartest quarterback because technically Peyton – Peyton was that guy, like that was could but do everything in his head. You don't always need to be the smart. Oh yeah, but that's, but what I'm saying is, is that there were other quarterbacks that had that had the attributes that were better than him. Yes, but he had enough of everything. But this is what makes him so much different. What made him so much better to where he could do it? He had a Hall of Fame coach. He had a Hall of Fame coach. Absolutely, he did. I will not disagree with that for all except for one. Obviously. But so did Jordan. The, yeah. So did Kobe. But but in basketball, the coaching matters but it does not matter as like it doesn't matter as much as in football but it, it here's the thing it clearly didn't matter jordan didn't win a didn't win a chip for switch out tom brady for uh, for peyton manning do you think they do the same thing i think yeah absolutely that's what i'm saying like you switch out jordan for another superstar in that scenario they're not winning six chips and that's that's why i wouldn't necessarily go that far but tom brady is amongst the greatest athletes to ever live i still do think he's the best in his, in his position though mm. He's the GOAT. He's the winningest, but best is a hard word to say. Okay. No, I, it's I a hard that. word to give because Aaron Rodgers is the most, probably the most talented. Other than like Patrick Mahomes, you can throw Dan Marino in there because they said Dan Marino had a crazy, crazy arm. But like he's not the best athlete because there's other quarterbacks that are better athletes than Brady. Like I said, like, um, like I said, Peyton Manning was considered the guy that was doing everything cerebral. He was, he was, this, uh, deciphering defenses and knew everything everybody was doing. He was known as a little bit better than Brady, right? So, like, Brady has enough of all these attributes of a quarterback, but he doesn't necessarily have he, – he has enough of them, but he's not the best at any of them. Not to mention he had the greatest coach of all time that pretty much put everything in the right position for him to win. Okay, I agree. And that's that's why I wouldn't necessarily call him better than Jordan, but he, he is one of the best athletes to ever, ever live. And we went off on that tangent just to give, not, not to still give Tom Brady his dues because obviously he's a goat at, at the college, not college, but the pro level. In at the pro level, he, he is, is the, the goat, yeah. best quarterback to ever play, and I'm honestly glad he's gone. <laughs> I'm not gonna say all that. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's here. I, not really because think about it. Like I've been a fan since around 2004. I have not had an NFL league. And I've never watched an NFL game without Tom Brady starting or Big Ben, and both of them are gone now. Oh, and Peyton Manning. Here's, Peyton Manning, too. You are of many, right? Even in my life, I only ever saw Peyton Manning. I saw Peyton Manning, and that was it. Now, Peyton Manning wasn't as big as mine, as big as Brady is to me, because what? I started watching right around 2015, 2016 is when I really got probably a little, probably a little earlier. Yeah, that, but yeah. For, for the Bengals, but not like Michigan State. So probably around like 2013, right? AJ was in his prime. Dalton wasn't terrible yet. Gino was there. Like I can't wear, wear Bengals gear because I have a green jersey, an Atkins jersey, and then a Dunlap jersey. None of them play. None of them play. None of them play for me. Gino retired. Now it is. It is very true, but I've only ever known Brady or Ben or Rock or uh, Manning. Yeah. Now. And Phil Rivers. Yeah. 
No, I didn't. Even, I didn't know who that was. So last year, well, you obviously you you didn't, but I did. I knew like, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That, that's a whole generation of quarterbacks that are now going to be out of the NFL. They're going to be gone, and it's it's kind of a weird feeling because now you have obviously all the young guns. You have all the young guns coming into the league. Patrick Mahomes, kind of being leading that whole pack. Joe Burrow he was leading the pack. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. But we have all these young guns, and then you have like a li- some guys that have been in the league for a while. You have Russell Wilson. Um, you have, um, obviously, you have a little little one for his name now, a Matthew Safford. Rogers. Rogers. Rogers is now the last one. Think about it. Rogers at thirty eight. There's Rogers at thirty eight, and then you have a big gap, and then you have like the next wave like, of what, like around thirty three, like, thirty four. Matthew Stafford, well, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Wilson, like age wise, and Russell Wilson's like 31, 32. Like, you have a nice little age gap between Rodgers and everybody else. Rodgers is the last one. Once Rodgers decides to retire here in the next three, four, five it's years, it's gonna be weird. It's it. That's it. That's all of the early 2000 quarterbacks gone. And like, so the yes, obviously, I'm a little bit, I'm pretty glad that pay, that 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 he's gone, that he's gone, but but I am also, I also. New era. I realize the fact that that is now an era that is gone now and that we'll never see again. Are you, Other than on video, on on replays yeah, and stuff like but that. But here's the question: Do you feel that way the same way about basketball? Will you feel that same way? Yeah. Like once LeBron is done, like, the, like LeBron, the LeBrons, the KDs, the like Currys. I, as much as I much as I battle on LeBron about being the best player of all time, which I don't think he is. I don't either. I definitely will feel Wait, some type. Oh, we're, Kobe, we're, Kobe as well. We're like, you Bulls see these, fans, though. Yeah. So we gotta take that with a grain of salt. But even before that, it was still. Jordan, I was still a Jordan guy, but yet again, I've always been a Jordan guy and a Bulls guy. So that, honestly, yeah, you're right, grain of salt. But a lot of people would say Jordan is the best, and not. But it's just the fact that I've only ever seen these guys like legit. LeBron has been in the league since I was born, right? So I've only seen LeBron. I've, I've pretty much all as long as I've been watching basketball, I've LeBron's been them. involved. Like even if I before I was like, I got into basketball, I knew who LeBron was. Yeah. I knew who Curry was. I knew these guys. Yeah, they 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 were bigger than life. They and, they are the lifeblood of the sport. That I'm actually in sports, and they're old. They're like they're about to stop. Right. It's like, a, it's a weird feeling because it's like an, it feels like an end of an era. I'm thinking like in the next three to four to five years, these guys won't be here anymore. Right. It'll be the Jaws, the Lucas, the Trays. It'll be a whole new crop, and you're sitting there like I don't know what to. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about a league that. Like doesn't have these players that I've grown to love or hate. Now I understand that some of the people who listen to this like that, are much older yeah, than us. Same thing with Jordan, Malone, all those other guys. They're like you don't even know what it feels like, and then we're just kind of now we're all in our feelings well, about well, yeah. it. Yeah, you or people younger than yeah. us potentially that like they still don't know. Because like let's like Braylon like just got kind of started like under our younger youngest brother. He started understanding basketball like, but like that's gonna be his job for him. It's gonna be the Lucas. It's Curry. Curry's gonna be him. Yeah, but Curry's gonna be end up playing till he's eighty because he doesn't do nothing. But <laughs> that that is true. He will. He will. But still, like that's it's it's weird. Yeah, it is a weird feeling that we are now feeling that I know a lot of people feel that even whether you're a Brady fan or not. Yes. So it's a it's a it's a goodbye. Plus, he lasted longer than everybody thought. Twenty two years. It's a goodbye and good riddance. And okay, and That's exactly yeah, what I would goodbye say. and good riddance. Goodbye yeah. and good riddance. And just to add a little wrinkle to that, right? So, as probably anybody listening probably figured out, Tom Brady releases like a whole thing about hey, he's thinking all these people. He thinks all of these the the coaches from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the staff of the Buccaneers, his teammates, uh, his family, his wife, 
uh, he thanks all the fans. And there's somebody who doesn't think in his like there was like six slides worth uh, either on Instagram or Twitter, depending on where you're going through six slides or tweets of him thanking all these people. And guess who he does not think? Who? The Patriots. He does not think the Patriots. He does not think the fans or any or Bill Belichick. None of that. Right. Which is where he spent 20 of his 22 years of his career. No mention of the Patriots or their fans at all, right? So next thing you know, you see guys like Dave Portnoy, who is a very popular uh, Patriots fan, obviously, come out and say, hey, why isn't he mentioning uh, Belichick, uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, or us as fans? Why doesn't he say anything about us? And then next thing you know, you have Robert Kraft come out with a nice statement saying how much they love Brady and how much he's done for their organization and that they'll always cherish in all the years that he spent there. And the next thing you know, you have Tom Brady uh, like answering to that, saying, hey, Patriots and the fans, I'll love you all forever. Which kind of makes it worse because they're like, hey, it took somebody it took somebody to make their it, own statement. You're called out to say it, man. It's, it's like you're getting called out. <clears throat> but then there's some people like, hey, you already got a thank you when he left the Patriots. You don't really need another thank you. So it's almost like brought out the, the entitled fair. Patriots fans. That's fair. It almost brought up the entitled Patriots fans. Though. Like, what, like what, what else does he need to give you? Like a thank you is what you want. He gave you six Super Bowls. Like what? Like what do you want from the man? Uh, like because he gave you your first Super Bowl. Like a thank you? Really? His That's his announcement already got ruined. He probably had a very elaborate announcement with videos and all of that announced, but it got ruined by insiders on Saturday, which today is Tuesday. It got ruined on Saturday when all these insiders came out and said, "Hey, Tom Brady's retiring," and everybody was like, "Thank you, Tom." And all these hashtags going around about Tom Brady. So a lot of the fanfare was already had on Saturday because his his plans got leaked. So now that he has to write a whole thing, now that the kind of the, the uh, rabbit's out of the hat, he now has to type up all this stuff and put it on Instagram and Twitter. And maybe, he, maybe it was on purpose, maybe it wasn't. I don't think the fans will ever truly know. But if it was on purpose, blame Bill Belichick. He's the one that ruined it in the first place. By trying to have Jimmy G replace him five years ago. <laughs> like, that, that's what happened. Like, that's what ruined the relationship in general. Or blame Bill, Bill Belichick for treating Tom the way that he did all those years, which made Tom want to leave in the first place. Right? So, if you're going to blame anybody, blame Bill Belichick. But don't blame Brady because he's done everything he needed to do for you guys. He got you six rings that you didn't have before him. And obviously, you probably won't have after him. Bill Belichick won't be around forever. You think he's going to get you another ring before he goes? I don't think so. I don't either. So, like, I don't think he, I don't think you deserve anything else from him. I don't think you need anything else. I think you should be giving it all right and tell him goodbye. Be gracious. Yeah. Let, let, him have, let him have his time to go. Because let's be honest, Big Ben doesn't have his, he can't be gracious and have his time to go. Because now, guess what? When Ben wants to go to the Hall of Fame, guess who's going to the Hall of Fame too? Brady. So Ben will never have his moment because Brady's going to be right after him with his speech. You know who's going to have the spe- the last Hall of Fame speech? It'll be Brady. Ben should have been that guy. But guess what? Ben doesn't have his day. But guess what? You have to be gracious even when things don't go your way. And guess what? I'll be just as happy with Ben going in as when I have to see Brady go in as well. Because it'll be well-deserved. All these guys deserve to have nice send-offs. Whether it's mentioning your name or not. Because I think all these fans, all they want is credit. Thanks for being great fans. And I'm like, sh- shouldn't that be the case anyway? Just be a great fan and not have not complain about your name. Your name got not getting mentioned. So I just want to make sure I added that in because that was just uh, it was kind of ugly. 
Like it kind of ruined something that was like potentially very nice. good. Maybe it was. Maybe Brady was being passive aggressive, but that's not for us to say. And honestly, he'll never say whether it was passive aggressive or not. And heck, not to mention, maybe he has some t- type of elaborate video that's going to come out in the next couple weeks that'll give all these fans the thank you they need. They so does they so greatly want. But there's no way to say. So I think they were really quick to jump at that. So now that we uh, but thank you, Tom Brady. And I'll be kind of sad to not see you play. It'll be, it'll be weird next season when we see all the teams play and we won't hear and any Brady's mention of Tom Brady. Brady's not one of them. Brady's not one of them. There won't be anybody. Like when you go to draft him and uh, do drafts for uh, fantasy drafts, Tom Brady's name won't be there. I might even mention the fact that Big Ben's name will be there. That will impact me more. Like these, like, these are your guys that you're not going to be able to see play again. That's, it's, it, that's insane to think about. But thank you, Tom Brady. And we will kind of go on to the other stuff and uh this is where i will hand it off to you sir because this is your time to shine you've been waiting for this moment Ooh-day! don't yell too Ooh-day. much Ooh-day. Ooh-day. don't break everybody's ears all right Bengals won after everybody said we're gonna lose we're gonna lose to the raiders we're gonna lose to the titans we're gonna lose to the chiefs you are the underdogs we yes. beat all of them and evan, evan mcpearson give that man a statue Give him a $3 million bonus. Yes. He's won seven Shooter. games. Shooter! I love him. He's won multiple games. And what man gets up? Tied game. As he's walking out there. Going to the AFC Championship. And then does it again when we're going to the Super Bowl. He gets up. Looks around like, he's ready to go to the Super Bowl? And walks out there. Would you like to paint the picture for us a little bit of the game itself? All right. Listen, I'm just going to say, because there's a, there's a little bit of a whole thing for that Absolutely. whole game. If you didn't watch this game, it was it was amazing, to say the least. A tale of two halves. Yeah. It was the high-touted Kansas City Chiefs in the underdog Bengals, which is what it, it's been all year. We've been underdogs. Start of the year, everybody's 6-11, 4-13, all year. No one believed in us to win the Avis. Well, you guys won four games last year. You have to give everybody a little bit of credit. Four games. Understand. But it's the biggest comeback from worst to first is, in NFL history. Exactly. And everybody believed that we were going to be the worst team. Yeah. And now we are representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Yes. And we had a we had a we had a pretty hard road to get here. We battled every game. We never got injured. We never got COVID. We did everything perfectly, except getting off the line. It's the only thing we did do. Right. But so we're playing. We play the Chiefs. We're down. First half. We're down. Second half. We're down. We well. I w- well, I'll say this. This actually started at the end of the first half. So even though I really don't want to have to give the anybody any credit, but this is the time for me to down the Chiefs a bit. So the Chiefs get up to a very a pretty big lead. So this they were up twenty one to three at one point. They're going down. This is going to be at the very end of the first half. The Chiefs have a chance to score another touchdown. Well, no. Well, yeah, there would have been another touchdown. So they have a chance to score one more touchdown to end off the to end the half, and then they get the ball in the second half. And they don't end up getting the touchdown, and they end up having to go for a field goal instead, right? Well, I think that was the case because they scored 14 in the second half. Well, let me check it. Gamecast. 
yes. Yeah, they had a chance to score in the late in the second half, and they did not score because uh, they actually ended up going for it on fourth down. And they didn't get it. Giving giving the Bengals back the ball. And with like a, about 3 minutes 59 seconds left, the Bengals go on a nice big long drive to score a touchdown and then make that deficit from 27 to 3, actually what could have been, I mean, no, sorry, 21 to 3, what could have been 28 or 24 to 3, now it is 21 to 10. That's how the Chiefs ended off the first half. And then you get the ball in the second half, and you do the start of the second half, you do nothing with it and give it give the ball right back to the Bengals. So with that being the case, and they, they keep and the Bengals keep going on these little bit like longer drives. They go on a five minute and forty two minute uh five minute and forty two second drive to get a field goal and then take another two minutes to score a touchdown to score the uh to tie the game up at twenty one. And then in the fourth quarter you have what is it, two or three long drives between both teams? And that's what kind of like so the Chiefs had their chance to bury you. And they in the first half and the start of the second half, and they couldn't do it. Your your defense give you all the credit in the world. You bossed up. You not to mention you guys also stopped blitzing as much and you started dropping back a lot of players. Like you're only rushing three instead of rushing four or five, trying to get more pressure. You started dropping back all these players into coverage, which was making Mahomes have to sit back there and try to make a play. And what it got to a point where Mahomes was getting so impatient. He started to try to run to make a play, and the next thing you know, you have a middle linebacker coming up on a delayed blitz to come up and sack him because he just had nowhere to throw the football, right? So not only did your defense boss up and stop them from scoring, but they started acting stupid because there's no reason they should not have kicked a field goal at the end of that first half at least to score another three points, but they didn't. They tried to go with Mahomes again, and he started running around trying to make a play, and... They didn't end up. He ended up throwing it, throwing, sh- throwing it short to try to get into the uh, score a touchdown at the end of the half. To I believe that would have been to Tyree Kill, yeah. and he didn't score. So you didn't score any points in the first half. At the end of the first half, there was potentially ten or fourteen points you could have scored between the end of the first half and the second half that you didn't score. That would have buried the the Bengals, but you didn't. So as, so this is where I want to say that the Bengals, I have to give you some credit here, the Bengals stole the Kansas City Chiefs' heart. You said that. how, And you said how Burrow stole stole the defense's heart in a way yeah. that they go to tackle him and you just spin out of it. The they the Bengals' defense had three sacks on, on Patrick Mahomes. The Kansas City defense only, with as bad as that City, Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is, we gave up one. Only one sack. But this was less based off the offensive line and more based off Joe Burrow. Because I counted, there were like five or six times where he should have been sacked. Where and they openly had a shot at Joe Burrow to go attack him, and he would either spin out of it, make a quick move, and get out of it, and then either go throw the football to a night to make a play, or he'll run for a first down. Real quick, they have a um, ESPN original for Tom Brady already, right. with nine episodes. Yeah, I know they've been doing that How? for weeks. They've been doing that for weeks. Jesus. Yeah, I know. Man in the arenas, way. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. But they had like there were so many times that they thought they thought they had Joe Burrow dead to rights, and he would just run away, and either make a play with his feet or hit a check down or throw the ball out of bounds. That's demoralizing to a defense where you feel like you've done everything right, and you just couldn't sack him at the very end of the play. 
And, not, and based off him playing like that, it gives the defense of the Cincinnati Bengals he, uh, some confidence knowing that, hey, if we just make a few plays here or there and stop them, we can get the ball back to our offense and they can make the plays for us to win. But not only that was the fact that the Chiefs weren't playing as well as they probably should have and they weren't getting points where they needed to and they kind of put probably too much of their hope in Patrick Mahomes and he was trying to run around and make plays and it wasn't working. All this turned into a perfect recipe for the upset that happened for the Cincinnati Bengals. So now, now that I kind of gave like a whole whole thing. Oh, not to mention this game went to overtime. I don't know oh, how. Like, this went to o- at, real at, okay. This, this game went to, went to overtime, OT, right? And you, you you've played Madden, right? Uh-huh. Tails never fails. That's come on. That's not the case. Every in Madden, it is. If you pick tails, it's going to be tails. And they call heads, and Patrick Mahomes gets the ball. And my girlfriend was here, and I was in distress. That she had to get up and hold me because that's how distressed I was. Okay, but here's the thing. So now, like when Patrick Mahomes gets the ball, uh huh. It is the most terrifying thing I've ever felt in my life. Well, you got to think about it. This happened the week before. Like, the, like, do you know when that uh, and then they're like, the coin toss yeah, happened? Josh Allen tweeted pain. And then, they, like, they were bringing up statistics. And then, like, nine times out of the— It'd be 11 tries. It was, ele- it was 10 out of the last 11 tries that the first that the team has gotten the ball in overtime. They've scored. Yeah, the team that won the toss, the coin toss in overtime. In, in the playoffs, in overtime— They've scored and probably in won the game ten out of the eleven times it's happened. So next thing you know, obviously as you said, you were very scared when Patrick Mahomes got the ball at the start of the start of overtime. Oh, my head was down. I was I was going. I was sitting there like this. Obviously, this kind of leads to hey, the overtime rules need to be tweaked a little bit. You yelled it up, and I was like, oh, he generally feels bad, but no, I did I did feel and bad. He he throws the first ball. It doesn't go anywhere. He throws it again. It doesn't go anywhere. He throws it yeah. again. It doesn't go anywhere. And I'm sitting there like, we're on fourth down. And then he heaves it up. He heaves it up field. For Tyreek Hill, yeah. And Jesse Bates. Double coverage. makes the best. He gets gets in it, get his hands in, pokes, and right, pokes, pokes the ball out. Pokes the ball out, And then pulls yeah. Tyreek Hill down with him. Right as Tyreek Hill's about to make the catch, he just pokes the ball right out of his hands. And then and Von Bell just, Von is just Bell. right there to catch it. Yeah. He's just right there. And I start screaming. I'm freaking out. And then Burrow gets the ball. And they start throwing. They just start running the football down their throat. Actually, they start running the football. Down. They threw that on that first down. Yeah. They got like a nice big chunky yeah. like nine yards on that and on that slant. Mixon just starts running it, and I'm like, Mixon, if you fumble, I swear You're to just God, running the football down their throat. And then they wait. But here's what got me: they got past the field goal target, and they're still moving. I'm like, bro, please stop, please stop, just kick the ball, please stop, just kick the ball. I'm like, I'm yelling at my screen, kick the ball. He can hit this. He just hit one from 57 earlier. 50, right. It was 56. I was like, just, just kick the ball. Just kick the ball. And they get all the way to like the 20-yard line and then kick the ball. I'm like, bro, you couldn't have done this earlier? That's true. Oh, sorry. It was it was crazy because if you think about it, when that the Chiefs got the ball in that overtime, I truly believe that Patrick Mahomes was about to pull it off again and there were going to be a lot of mad Bengals fans. And guess what? The Bengals' defense did do something that the uh, Bills' defense did not do. They bossed up and stopped Patrick Mahomes when it mattered. Yes, that is the case. But either way, I feel like both quarterbacks should have had a shot. Well, it ended up working in this game. But in that Bills game, there was no reason Josh Allen shouldn't have had a shot to, to try to win that game. Yeah, I agree. I would say either way, either whether it worked or not, there's no reason that both both quarterbacks, both offense shouldn't have a chance to touch the football. And both defense shouldn't have to, like, should be able to play defense too. So I do believe that should still be a rule change, but, with the current overtime rules, 
the Bengals did what they had to do. Their defense made the plays, and they gave it back. They got the ball back to their offense, even though they didn't get the ball first. And the offense did what they had to do and won the game. And that's just it. Joe Burrow, like I have to admit, Joe Burrow has this effect. I still don't believe in the organization as a whole. But I do believe that they're gonna. there's going to be times where they might ruin this great thing they have going. But guess what? Joe Burrow right is powerful now, enough. Good. Good. He is powerful enough. His moxie, his great great playability, the fact that he runs the football, like he, he really does everything needed for his team to win, and he is talented enough to pull it off. Jamar Chase is his number one guy. Higgins, he is a vic- Higgins, they, and Higgins they were great Chase as well. So much that Higgins just got a hundred and five. Yeah, for sure. Uzama did get hurt, which was like it broke my spirit. That really they, hurt me. Yeah, you got you have three great wide receivers. You have a great tight end. Your offensive line is iffy, but Joe Burrow's managed to make your make it look a little bit better than what it would usually would be, other than that Tennessee Titans game. And then you have the defense that is bossing up and making plays. You know how many. Buckeyes are on that defense, so I'm just got to say. Credit to the Ohio State Buckeyes, but I just got to pull that in there. You know what? You know we, what me and my friend decided today? Your DBs are made of glass when they get in the NFL. That's not true. Name a DB. On- Marshawn Lattimore. I'm pretty sure he was hurt. For the Saints. He's not hurt all that much. But Okay, name another one. DBs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins. Philly. I Two DBs. Name another one. Two for you. Uh, Jeff Okuda has been hurt since he got drafted. Yep. Ward has um, two. So is Apple. Ward two, yes. Apple, yes, have had his issues. Yeah, there's like two more that were injured a lot. And then, oh, Michael dude, Thomas for the Rams, it just got injured. hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's glass because everybody's not necessarily an Iron Man. Two hundred six. Two hundred six. Two hundred six. And wait, real quick. If I, if I'm correct, those guys came out within all within either a year or two years of each other. Who was two hundred six? What are you talking about? Two of six. That's two of six DBs that are that aren't hurt. But everybody gets hurt, Jason. That's an F, Joe. That's not an F. That's enough. That that's all on these play certain player situations. Whatever, Joe. Whatever. Oh my God! You really just like you try to ruin that for me? Really? You have you've had this whole time to gloat and shine and have your moments to, to sing. I've had that perfect and, all day just for that little snippet. And you had to say that, even though I got my Ohio State taken still. Did it yourself. All right, uh, maybe ready for the next subject. You got. We got to talk about who they're playing. Oh, we're playing the Rams. The right. second game. The second it was game. the Rams. Rams against the Niners. Rams Niners. It was a pretty good game. It was a great game. The Ram, The Niners were winning. It was like seventeen three when I looked. When I looked in like the second half. In like the second half, it was like seventeen three, and then I look again and it's tied game. Three through three quarters. The score was 17 to 7. San Fran had a 10 point lead. The LA offense was not doing anything, at, like at all. Matt Stafford threw his first pick of the uh, postseason in the end zone, keep them from scoring a touchdown uh, in the first quarter. And it was just, you, it looked like things just weren't going the Rams' way, right? Especially with San Fran playing very well. Debo Samuel had a 44-yard reception from uh, Jimmy Debo Garoppolo. Monster. George Kittle had a couple touchdowns in this game. He had one touchdown in this game. So, like, things were start looking like it was going, oh, heck, the Niners' defense was playing very well, yeah. keeping Matt Saf from warming up at all. Mick Bosa's getting after great. it. And next thing you know, in the fourth quarter, they uh, the Rams turn it on. Very early in the fourth quarter, 
Cooper Cup, touchdown from Matthew Stafford, the second touchdown of the day for them. And the next thing you know, you have two field goals from L.A. to end the game, one at 649 and one with like a minute and 46 left, and the Rams win it. Matt Stafford gets the monkey off his back. He he had two big games in a row, last game against the Buccaneers and this game against the Niners, a team that has beat the Rams six times in a row because they play each other twice a year. It makes sense. They've played six times in a row, and the Niners have beat them all six times. So you think the Niners just have the Rams' number. But that's not the case. Matt Stafford, bust, he did throw that one pick. But otherwise, he has a pretty clean game, and he makes the throws needed in order to win. And I, that defensive line finally came to play and started going crazy. I do think they also benefited from the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is not necessarily the greatest quarterback in the world, and we'll kind of get back to Jimmy Garoppolo here a little bit later, but he's not necessarily the greatest quarterback in the world, and I think the Niners are looking forward to having a guy in Trey Lance that is more it's dynamic. The Lance and, show now, man. Yeah, I just think this will be the Trey Lance show, and they're going to be looking for a more dynamic offense because, let's be honest, Jimmy Garoppolo had a wide-open George Kittle in the middle of the field for a touchdown in that first quarter as well. He just totally missed. Yeah. I, I did see that. It wasn't pressure. Like he had a he had a pretty clean pocket and he had an open George Kittle in the middle of the field for a touchdown and he didn't he didn't hit hit the pass. So and that only adds to Jimmy Garoppolo not throwing big passes in big games. So with that being the case, I think San Fran's gonna have a lot of a lot of uh, soul searching to do with their potential quarterback situation. And the Rams are off to play not only they did they play the NFC championship game at home. But they're going to play the Super Bowl at home as well, Real which quick. is the first time it's ever so happened in NFL history. People are talk- I don't want that to keep happening because now it just kind of feels like we're going in. We're going to be at a disadvantage no matter what we do. What do you mean? We're, we're going into their AFC, into their into their uh, home turf. Literally, it's at there will stadium. be no Bengals fans in that entire stadium. Do you know that it's, the mu- it's going to cost? It's it's like crazy amounts of money to get to the Super Bowl this year. Especially from here, it's like it's nuts. See, and that just that's just unfair. I feel like at that point, y'all should just like start throwing it in the middle of the U.S. Well, that's the thing; they already had this pre-planned out. There's no way they would have been able to tell that L.A. would get there. Like, you know, it's funny. It happened last year with the Buccaneers. Exactly. Too. Like, they so won. Like they this, won the Super Bowl in their so own like house. This is weird. This is kind of sketch, right? So like that doesn't happen. It rarely know, happens. Like, just throw it in Denver. See, they can't do that. They can't automatically just change it. This stuff is playing well. Like Denver's not going to make it, so who cares? Yeah, but they've already had that stuff kind of planned out, so it was going to happen either way. But it's just kind of credit to the Rams to take advantage of their situation, and now they have a home Super Bowl, which is nuts in L.A. in SoFi Stadium, which looks absolutely beautiful, by the way. And every time I look at it on TV, I'm like, that's somewhere I need to visit at least once in my life. Like that—that that looks like a really great stadium. Like they put a lot of money into that. It looks crazy. But with that being the case, it is now going to be a Bengals and L.A. Rams Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure I, we all know where you're going with this, but we are going to have a couple, like probably two or three more podcasts before that happens. So we're going to give like a whole segment to, hey, how do you think this is going to work? I, we have a few ideas that we're going to come up with to get more, dive more into all the specific matchups and stuff like that in the Super Bowl. To potentially have our guy Jace here have his his Super Bowl journey come without with a victory, yeah, or a loss, depending on how this all goes. But again, I just have to make sure I give the Bengals all the credit in the world. They deserve it. They are the best team in the AFC, 
and every time I've count, I counted them out in the playoffs for good reasons, by the way. It's not just hate. <laughs> Shut up, bro. I, but I have to make I'm sure sorry. I mention it. I had to hear the announcers of that Kansas City cheese, of that Cheese Bengals game lick the nuts of Patrick Mahomes the entire game. <laughs> Oh, he just, look at that, no, look, shut up, shut up, Tony Romo, I don't like you, you suck, you are a bad quarterback, leave me alone, legitimately, like, in, then when the Bengals were doing good things, they were ready to give Patrick Mahomes all the credit, when, they were, sure. when the Bengals were doing good things, oh, third yard pass by, the, by Joe Burrow, what a great pass, oh my god, five yard pass, Patrick Mahomes, bro, shut up, shut up, shut up, but here's what I'll say, I think some of the mystique around Patrick Mahomes has kind of fallen off a little bit, though. He's human. It, it, he's human. He's not necessarily the the absolute rock star. Like he is still a rock star, but I'm saying he's not the. You're not untouchable no more. Like they weren't. They were looking at him, ready to give him his gold jacket right now. And I feel like there, maybe there's a few quarterbacks in the AFC, including Joe Burrow, that have Joe something to Burrow. say about that. Just shysty. Not Jay only Chizzy. him. T Higgy, T B, J Mixon. I'm just saying, there's a few other quarterbacks and a few other teams in the AFC. They have something to say about that. The Chargers with Justin Herbert. Who? Obviously Joe Burrow. Say his name right, Joe. Joe Burr. Joe Burr. Say it right. Joe Burr. There you go, buddy. Okay, make sure I said it right just for you, bud. Uh, let's see. You got uh, the other quarterbacks in the AFC. Oh, Josh Allen. Like, there's there's a lot of young quarterbacks in the, in the AFC that are going to potentially ruin Patrick Mahomes' career. Not ruin, but that will have a say. As to who will be the best quarterback of their generation, if you're going to talk about it that way. And with that, I we do have to talk about... Oh, yeah, actually, you know what? We should start... Uh, talk. We just got off the Niners. But we should talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo thing real quick. With that loss a couple days ago, now there is news that Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> has went to the Niners and said, Hey, I want to be traded. Mm-hmm. And I think this kind of coincides with the Niners because I feel like they wanted to trade him. <laughs> I feel like after the game they watched in the NFC Championship game against the Niners, I feel they like realized they he want, was not going to get. Well, get I feel like down. they realized that before. And that's why they picked up Trey Lance. But I think they're ready for the Trey Lance show to start. And with that, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo knows that, and he now is okay with being traded. He once actually is actively is going to let his team help the Niners try to find the best trade place for him. That'll also not only give him the best chance to win, but also give the Niners the best compensation, draft picks, and stuff like that for him. And the only reason I really mention this is because a lot of people are trying to link him to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. Ooh. <laughs> I can't do it. Here's the thing. I, I can't do Jimmy Garoppolo. I would rather – I know he's safe. I know you know what he is. But I would rather the Steelers shoot for the stars – and maybe land on the moon somewhere and maybe not necessarily hit where they're trying to go rather than go for somebody safe and where we all know what the what the ceiling is. I don't think any Pittsburgh Steelers fan is going to fault the Steelers for trying to get the best quarterback possible, like an Aaron Rodgers or a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson or even drafting somebody. At least there's a chance that you can have some greatness on your team. Jimmy Garoppolo is not coming with greatness. No, he's not. At his best, he is middle of the pack in the NFL. In the NFL, and I don't believe the Pittsburgh Steelers, after watching all these great quarterbacks, obviously one of them, a couple of them being in your division, in Joe Burrow, and you have uh, Lamar Jackson, great quarterbacks. I think Joe Burrow's on a different level, 
but both of those quarterbacks in your division, I don't think the Steelers can can default or settle to for anything right. better than you that. Can't settle for all right. You can't. You just can't. With the, with the team that you have, you have to go all in for the best talent you can get a quarterback, and Jimmy G is not. So it. you're saying that you need a match. What's in your division? Yeah, there's no way you need a match or try to do better. Having a great defense is not enough. Or if because not those match, try to like uh, equal it out with the dudes a veteran. The defense is great, but having just a great defense is not enough because if your offense can't go and score 21 points, I don't think there's a great defense in the world that's going to stop Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. And, and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And those randoms. There's, there's no defense that's necessarily going to keep them under 21 points. It's not going to happen. At least not forever. You're not going to stop them forever. So you need to have a quarterback when that time comes that can go and make the big plays that are necessary to win the football the, game. Where the defense can try to keep, do that stuff. Because I think your defense, very likely out of anybody else yeah, in the NFL, you, can do that. Yeah, but the offense has to match it. Exactly. They, they have to do their, work, their side of the work. it comes in that you need to get a, a guy who can help them out. You're, they're not on the field 24-7. On the, this year, they were on the field a lot. And they got tired. They would play great to start the game, and then by the time the middle of the game happens... They, they get tired, and then they lose confidence in the fact that their offense is going to do anything. So, like, the, so it's, it's going to be the same. Like I'm just wait, they're just waiting to go back, go back out there. Right, and it, you, it's going to be the same field with Jimmy Garoppolo as we have with Ben, and I'm not trying to do that again. I'd rather go try to shoot for the stars and get as, the greatest quarterback possible for our team, even if it's a draft pick. I would rather do that than to sit there and just settle on Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not the guy. Absolutely not, no. Heck, is the first time that the Steelers have had to pick, like truly had to pick up a new quarterback. And I really am excited for the whole, the whole draft process and going to look at all these quarterbacks. And I really do think, like I'm gonna have like whole draft things and like do mock drafts. Like it's gonna be nuts. I'm really excited for this year's is that, draft. Is class. that gonna be a segment or a mock draft? Oh yeah, be mock drafts. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Do that. Because as more news comes out, it'll be very like you'll see what teams' needs are. And like there's. A lot of stuff you could talk about when it comes around to the draft. And, heck, we have, like, the next two months to talk about that kind of stuff, which I'm really excited about. Because the draft isn't until late April. So, that's pretty much all I had on Jimmy G. Did you had anything else? I about? don't care about Jimmy G. Okay. <laughs> With that, we will go to the other big news of the day. Um, and this is absolutely massive news. Well, this stuff's totally insane. This has been on my screen the entire time, and I've, I read the article. So are we, we're all on the same page, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I get I got the same thing. All right. So the Brian Flores, uh, a black NFL coach, former black NFL coach, former black NFL coach for the Dolphins, was fired after a good ending to his season. Two good seasons back to back. Was fired. Now he is claiming that um, there's a alleged the my former the alleged racism in the hiring practices of not only the Dolphins. But also the Giants. Yep. And this is because uh, Bill Belichick texted him saying, "Congrats." Well, let's start with the let's start with the let's start with the, with with the Dolphins, right? So in this in this lawsuit that he filed in Manhattan federal court, this would have been uh, today. Flores, uh, we're reading this directly from ESPN.com in an article by Marcel Lewis uh, Jaquez. I'm not sure if I had his name right, but you can probably you can easily find on ESPN right now. It's on the homepage and everything. So he is. So he claims that the Ross, uh, Ross, the uh, owner of the Dolphins, offered Flores 
$100,000 for every loss in the 2019 season. So the year 2019, this was this would have been Flores' first season with the Dolphins, I believe, or second, something like that. They were offering him 100k for each game they lost, obviously because the Dolphins wanted to lose as many games as possible to have a better draft pick. So they were offering Flores more money to lose on purpose, which is insane. Like that's something you definitely can't do. That'd be the same as somebody sitting there betting on themselves to lose at at the casino. Absolutely insane. Totally against the rules. And then not only that, is that Flores also said that the Dolphins wanted him to tamper. But he wanted him to talk to a another quarterback, a la Deshaun Watson, because that was the guy yeah. they were trying to go after. They were trying to get him to tamper by going to talk to Deshaun Watson while he was under contract with the Texans, which is also against the rules and against any every guideline with the NFL. Yep. So with all that happening, and then next thing you know, they fire him in hopes to get a guy like John, John uh, Jim Harbaugh, who they still haven't hired as of yet. With all of this being the being the case, that makes you question things, and that is a very huge issue because he had a what was the Dolphins' record this past season? It was like nine and seven, something like it would be nine and eight. Yeah, because they lost. They went one and seven their first eight games, and then they won every game after that, I believe. To end out the season, it's like a seven-game win streak to end the season, and they fired him, and that for honestly no good reason. No, it really wasn't no his fault. To. He did good. Apparently, the only reason that was reported was that he had a him and the the GM were having issues when it comes to managing their egos and stuff like that. With obviously, like the main one of the main problems is was that they wanted to pick. They ended up drafting Tua, and he he would Brian Brian, Brian Flores wanted Justin Herbert. Yeah, so and that was like the main thing. In his own division, like, come on, guys, really? Not in their own division. Is in the same conference. They'd see Justin Herbert go and play great for the Chargers, the guy that he wanted rather than Tua, who is a guy I believe he could still be good in the NFL. I'm not going to lie. I do believe he has ways to go. he's not Herbert who came out He's not Herbert. Herbert has been, a mo- has been a monster in his first couple of years. So with that being the issue, they fire him, and then now, as you were talking about him trying to go and uh, get hired a different job, right? So... I believe he, let's see, what teams did he interview for? He interviewed with the Giants, and I believe he interviewed with the, uh, I want to say, he interviewed with one other team. But according to Brian Flores' lawsuit, while he was about to go and interview for the, for the Giants job, Bill Belichick sent him a text which then congratulated him on getting the Giants job. And Flores texted him back, hey, well, what do you mean? What have you heard? He's like, and Bill Belichick told him, and these are all off of a screenshots of texts between him and Bill Belichick, which is something he added onto the, uh, what is what is it called? Sorry. Yeah. The lawsuit, sorry. He added these screenshots on the lawsuit so that you can actually see. So he pretty much said, hey, how, how did you hear that? Bill Belichick pretty much said, hey, from what I'm hearing between the Giants and the Bills is that you're their guy. And Flores is like, oh, well, thank you. I do appreciate it. And I don't actually interview until Thursday, which is this would have been probably been last week or something like that. So I don't actually I haven't actually interviewed for the job yet. And then next thing you know, uh, Flores texts Bill Belichick back and says, hey, 
were you meaning, were you talking about me or Brian Dayball, who was a different coach who was the offensive coordinator for the Bills that was also trying to get the Giants job? And Bill Belichick texted him back, oh, sorry, Brian. I rechecked the uh, text that I got. It was for Brian Dayball, not you. So with this being the problem, so with all of that, the problem is, is that Bill Belichick was already hearing that Brian Dayball, the other Brian that obviously Bill Belichick knows, that's a good, potentially being coach in the NFL, had already was already the guy for the Giants. So the Giants have already made up their mind, while a guy like Brian Flores was supposed to have an interview with the Giants, yet the Giants have already made up their mind on who they wanted to pick. So they were so this was just an interview, potentially just for the Rooney Rule, which is the rule that all NFL teams when they're going to make a a coaching hire, I believe a head coaching hire in the NFL, is that they have to interview a minority coach, I think one or two minority coaches from a different team for that inter- for that for that job. So they inter- so they set that up with an interview, but yet next thing you know, the news is already that they already hi- pretty much fi- found their guy. So now with that information, Brian Flores is now using that those texts as well as all, everything he knows to then go after the NFL and say that they were they're being racist and they're not necessarily giving black coaches a chance to be hired for those positions in the NFL. Because let's be honest, at the end of the season, there were three black coaches in the NFL, and now we're down to one, being my Pittsburgh Steelers with Mike Tomlin being the only team that has a minor, has a African-American coach. Because I think uh, the Washington team has the uh, – why am I forgetting his name now? Oh, I'm forgetting his name. They have a minority coach, and I believe one other team I think might, but they're not African-American. There's only one African-American coach in the NFL, which is a league that is made up of 75% African-Americans. So you can tell how there might be a little bit of a discrepancy there when you're only hiring predominantly white coaches for teams that are predominantly black, which is why all these questions come up. So with that, and this is today being the first day of Black History Month, kind of all turns out to be to work out that way huh so with that being the case i believe i hope flores gets this because i think even flores kind of came out with a statement he's like hey i know i'm potentially putting my own coaching career in jeopardy because let's be honest between him and colin kaepernick i think they have shown that when you make moves against them that you are not going to be looked at in the best light by these teams so you know, you know how they went with with uh, with him, with Colin Kaepernick. He has not got an NFL job since. When he probably does deserve a job somewhere. Well, there's no there's no way that you have what is it 32 teams, potentially two or three quarter. There's not 64 quarterbacks better than Colin Kaepernick sitting Absolutely out there right not. now. Well, even like the last couple of years, that's not the case. But now Brian Flores is potentially risking his job to make this statement, which is a very big statement that needs to be made because there's no reason there should be one. African American coach in the NFL. That's very wrong. Like, it, it, and there's a lot of qualified guys out there. So, let me, Eric Bieniemy. There's oh, no reason he should not have a job right so now. So, let me ask you a question. Do you think if uh, Mike Tomlin was to have like three losing seasons, would they? Would the Steelers have fired him? The Steelers are known to not. They've only had like three head coaches since like 1940 something. Like they've only had like three. They they had like one of the most. They're not trying to fire head coaches. They don't do that. Steelers but out Mike, here. It's, hey, how old are you? I'm 94. You're fine. You can coach. Like Bill Cow, like Bill Cowher was the last coach they had, and he stopped in I think 2003 
or 2002, something like that, after their Super, actually no 2004 after their Super Bowl. He ended up handing the reins right over to Mike Tomlin, and he has been the coach ever since, like the last 15 seasons. No, 18 seasons, I think. Yeah. So with that being the case, like they're not going to fire him. Like he, and plus he's had he has only had winning seasons in the NFL. He has not had a losing seasons since he's been been with the Steelers. So with that being the case, Mike Tomlin has a very long leash. He has he has built up his credibility, and heck, I believe that if he got fired, he'd get a job very quickly because he is that tenured. But there's no reason these teams should not be going after other minority head coaches to run these teams because they're putting in the the work just like everybody else. They are former players. They are coaches that are putting in their time either at the college level or being at coordinators at the NFL level. There should be no reason these guys aren't getting their opportunities. And I and I really do commend Brian Flores for putting his own career on the on the line for the heck for the future of different minority coaches that would like a shot in the NFL. I hope he wins because he if he will. does, with all the information he has, I, I do believe he will. I, I really do. But you know how it always works with money and stuff like that. So I can never truly believe it all the way when you have like such powerful owners like this, but I, I truly think he will win because especially if he does win, if he tries to go out for another job, there's no way they can't hire him because then he can claim collusion. So if he wins, it'll be fine. But if he doesn't win, he'll potentially be putting his own career on the line. But it's very commendable how he's doing this because in a way that some people would never even think about going out, oh, this is my career or nothing. Oh, yeah, but for real. Yeah, most people are looking out, out for themselves. Like, this is the, I'm, I'm risking everything so that the NFL will have a different future, so that other coaches have a different future. And even if I don't get another job in the NFL, somebody else will after me. I totally – yeah, for sure. So, And I, I – 100% agree with him. It's a, it's a good thing he's doing. 100%. 100%. I, I, I truly believe he will win. I believe he's doing the right thing. He's doing he's doing the right thing and I have to give him all the credit in the world. Um Yeah, it's just it's just it just sucks we're in this situation, right? I heck I do believe the NFL has actually hired a few African American GMs. Which is insane how you have more African American GMs than you do black head co- African American coaches in the NFL. Which is like it sucks that you have one without the other. Like all of this should not be a thing. But I'm glad that somebody's standing up for what is right, and I hope Brian Flores gets everything he he desires. Because seriously, just, this all sucks. I agree. And off of that, I do want to talk about one more thing before we head out. Did you have any other anything else? Uh, no. Okay, I wanted to talk about Jim Harbaugh real quick. I think I've had a run of a couple episodes now talking about Jim Harbaugh. But it actually turns out that tomorrow is National Signing Day yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. for college yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for college sports. So with all the it, all the college teams uh, for NCAA football, obviously Division One, everybody like the last the last uh, recruits that you can get to sign for your team would be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, with that being the case, most teams are kind of looking for like the last second recruits that haven't signed yet to go to their schools, and then next thing you know, be on their teams and play for them and all that. So with that being the case, it comes out that Mr. Jim Harbaugh himself for the team up north tomorrow, rather than be with the the team and his coaching staff and obviously his players to celebrate the the culmination of a whole 2022 class, he will be in Minnesota uh, interviewing for the Minnesota job that is currently open uh, for a head coach. And he not only that, he also told his whole coaching staff at Michigan 
to take the take the day and the rest of the week off to figure out what's right for you. Pretty much all this being code for, hey y'all, I'm outie. I'm not coming back. On that topic, Andrew Paul, who was going to go to Michigan, uh, in Michigan State, went from cold to warm. Oh, that's great. And he was, that's a good start. And he was supposed to be visiting Michigan tomorrow. He's now visiting Michigan State tomorrow. Well, you can't visit anymore. You have to sign. Oh, cool. <laughs> Tomorrow's day to sign. Bet. Let's go. Uh, and then guys who were going to Michigan or... Let's be honest. Even if they got, even if there are guys that signed already, because there's two other signing days before this. This is like the final signing day. If like if they sign, they could easily get out of those letters of intent because of what Jim Harbaugh is doing, or they could just transfer literally as soon as they get onto campus. Like literally, that could very easily happen. So the fact that Jim Harbaugh is taking this interview because not only does that ruin Michigan's chances on a lot of recruits. But all these recruits they potentially could get before this last signing period, coaches are then calling these recruits saying, hey, it looks like Jim Harbaugh is trying to get an NFL job. What are you doing? He he told you a lie. He's told you he would stay, but he's not staying. So with that being the case, I think the writing's on the wall that he really does want out. What you got? What you got? What you got? Yeah, nothing yet. None yet. None yet. None yet. It really does show that he does want out because with him taking trying to go for this Minnesota job, because he's already talked to them once over Zoom, but now on on signing day, he is now going to be in Minnesota and his whole uh, his whole coaching staff is going to be off too. So that this is not a good look because most coaching staffs throughout college football are all together trying to get those last second recruits and then celebrating all together. To kind of give like a big uh, sell, uh, a big salute to all the recruits they're assigning and everything. So with that being the case, I do believe that Jim Harbaugh has he finally beat Ohio State after seven years of being at the team up north, and he went and go he went and played Georgia and then realized, hey bud, I don't think I can recruit like that. So with that being the case, I believe he's saying he's done with the college game and he wants to go back to the NFL. Good for him, but I also think he doesn't want to go back to Columbus and have his his name shattered because Ryan Day was is going to be ready to ruin him. So let him run back to the NFL like the coward he is. Okay, so scouting, um, Jesus, they had like something like seventy eight prospects. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch committed, and then you scroll down, they have eleven who went cold. Uh-huh. 11 high choice who went cold, right? And then 11 interested, and then 15 interested went cold, right? Uh, except for one who committed, he signed. And then you have a 29 that were the scouts were looking at that went cold. That's a lot of people. So, so it looks like a lot of their recruits are like, hey, bud, I don't think I like now the fact these guys, that I'm not these guys my were warm last time I checked. They were warm last time I checked. A lot of them more. Huh. Out of like se- out of like seventy eight, they're probably gonna get like fifty of them, <laughs> and now they're only getting twenty, twenty to twenty something, if that. Now these guys who who are like going to Michigan could opt out. They can opt out. They can get out of their letters of intent. Like that's an easy way to get now, out. Now some of these or just transfer. Some of the, they have a free transfer. Some of these guys like a top prospect who had the. Ha- I think they signed a top quarterback. Uh, like, like they have a top, they have top quarterbacks yeah. in their so like in, on their team. Top offensive tackle. He's number. He's fifteen in the nation. Who was committed to Michigan. Uh huh. And no longer has a Michigan sim- symbol. And when you had a decommit, he's there. Huh. Meaning, Harbaugh left, and he was like, "All right, cool. 
I'm not going there. Like this is gonna cause a domino effect. So I do. So I truly don't believe that there's no way that Harbaugh can be doing this as a a, a fact finding. Real quick, why would he do this? Why would he screw with a program like that? Because he doesn't want to go there anymore. He's done. I understand, but do it gracefully. Do it after today. Jim Harbaugh's a weird guy. He doesn't like. like he don't care. Like why wouldn't you do it after the next? Like tomorrow. You wait one day to do it. Yeah, that makes total that sense. That gave him a lot. They, they gave him the benefit of that way too many times, and he just kind of like, screw you, I'm done. Michigan has the eighth-ranked eighth recruiting class right now. This includes a five-star out of Michigan. This includes uh, how many four-stars? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is nine four-stars. And then you have like six or seven three-stars. No, no, closer to ten three-stars. And you, that five star, I don't. There's no way he's not looking towards somewhere else. This guy named Will Johnson. Yeah, the DB. He has offers for USC. He already signed, but he can leave. He could easily get out of that letter of intent. USC was a a, a place for him. Alabama was a place for him. Arizona State, Boston College. Let's be honest. There's probably other colleges out there after this will be like, hey, we'll call Will Johnson's phone to say, hey, you want to you want to come here. Because we have a coach that's still here and hasn't left for, hasn't left for anybody else. So, I do believe this is the last straw because there's no way he can go back. Like, what if this thing that with Minnesota doesn't work out and he shows back up at Michigan? Like, hey, I'm back, guys. Sorry, I kind of looked like I was gonna go to Minnesota, he's not, he's but not, I'm not. No, they're not getting the job. You can't do that. The twenty first ranked. They can. They'll probably be getting higher. They might get some of those from, recruits from like from forty six to twenty one. That's pretty good. They might get even higher than that with some of those uh, recruits that are not going to be not going to be going to Michigan now because of all of this madness that Jim Harbaugh started. So that being the case, I want to make sure I gave a shout out to the the coward that is Jim Harbaugh, um, and hope him a great career in the NFL because he's already had a great career in the NFL before. I hope he can go to go to the Vikings and have a great team. Why not? I don't care. Yeah, I'm not, not going to lie. I do think next episode we should probably talk about all the hires that are happening in the NFL. But I just didn't want to get too much into it now because all these crazy storylines that kind of Sorry, popped up today. I haven't been worried about the hires. We're trying to put, we're in a Super Bowl. So. Oh, I know. Just kind of like. If, we'll just try to. Yeah, for we'll, sure. We'll Yo, you're, you're still, you're we'll, still we'll in playoff mode. Okay, we're busy. You're Super Bowl mode. But I, I am very excited <laughs> about all the offseason stuff that's going to happen. Um, draft. Mm-hmm. uh free agency all of that i'm really exci- i'm really excited i'm really excited for all of it um we're gonna get into it as the as the weeks go along but super bowl bound you are jace i'm very proud of you and i'm gonna say this right now on the podcast if your Bengals win as a token of of appreciation you get a Bengals tattoo on your face no I, like it. I will buy you a piece of Bengals gear if they win the super bowl any I'm not gonna say any because that's not, that stuff can get very expensive. Okay. But I will buy you a piece of memorabilia if the Bengals win the Super Bowl because of all the grief I have given you over this season, and especially over, over the, last, the playoffs. Uh, nine years, got it? No, not just all of it. I, I'm gonna. Get, I would buy you a piece of clothing if they win the Super. I will buy you not just clothing. I'll buy you a piece of merch or something like that okay. if they win the Super. Bowl. A signed Joe Burrow jersey at a store. I'm not going. Like I'm, store, I'm not made of money, a guy. Mall. Uh, there's a signed Joe Burrow jersey. I'm not made of money, guy. Two hundred sixty dollars within reason. Within reason. That's well within reason. That's not within reason for me. Joey B. It's my money, so it's not going to happen. I just want to make sure I put that out in the podcast because then it keeps me accountable. 
I can't come out and say, <laughs> no, uh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, You'll yeah, be yeah. able to come up and say, like, what happened to my stuff? Why have you bought it for me yet? Yeah, all right. Uh, so I'll make sure to put it out there. All good? But that's pretty much all I got. All right. You got anything else? Nope. nope. All right. This has been the JB Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for listening today. This was a fun podcast. We will get you one uh, Thursday. Or, Hopefully. Or Thursday, or we might get you, be able to get you one tomorrow. Who knows? In all honesty. But we'll see you guys later. This has been, the J- this has been Jace. Joe. See you guys next time. See ya. Bye.